This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. I think it's important to, to explain what's going on. And I think you know, it is. I am the brand. I'm not my target audience. I'm not a millennial mom. Um, so, and I certainly can't pretend to be. <laughs> Please don't. That that would change everything. Yeah, that would be weird. Um, but but I can speak from the heart about what this brand is and what it means to children and and what it's you know what where it came from in in response to my children you know having an having a certain approach to meal times. So it was it was scary doing it, but but I'm glad I did it, and I will do more, of course. This was Tomo Delaney, who, despite of coming from a family of advertising, decided very early on that he wanted to work for Vogue, which he subsequently did. And he spent his entire career in the fashion world in London and New York City. Up until the point where he decided to become a stay-at-home dad. Now he's selling organic food paint for kids. This is a story that is being written as we speak about a brand that will have its big breakthrough, very likely, fingers crossed, in the next few months. And talking to Tomo about how he strategically connected the dots and piggybacked, uh, pun intended, as no, she has a pepper pig collaboration. Um, he piggybacked on brands moms already trusted in order to introduce his own brand. It's a fascinating interview, one not to miss. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank the latest supporters of the show, Helen Bembero and Artem Shamsudivnov, who joined the brand new Hitting the Mark Circle, a place where we meet monthly for an hour, where I give advice on brand strategy for creatives and entrepreneurs. So if you are enjoying the show and you want to keep it advertising free, and you also want to up the ante with your brand or with your creative business this year, then join this small group and hop on monthly advisory calls with yours truly. We currently have eight of the 20 spots remaining. So head on over to patreon.com slash hitting the mark and join us. And now without further ado, over to my inspiring conversation with Tomo of Noshi. Welcome to the show, Tomo. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, absolutely. It's a great pleasure. You, as far as, far as I, I read up about you, you came from the glitzy fashion scene in London and New York City, and yeah. you turned into a stay-at-home dad who decided to sell food paint. <laughs> in, in a nutshell, yes, that's what happened. <laughs> we are intrigued. Um, yeah. I spent some time working with a famous fashion designer in New York back in the day, um, but only on a few projects and for a few years. But I can only assume that your decision might have been a quest to find deeper purpose. And then most probably the food paint came out of, you know, spending time with your kids. But tell us a little bit, am I, am I right with that? How, how did it all come about? Um, the fashion thing came about because I started reading my mother's copies of Vogue when I was 13, 14, and was looking at these photo shoots and thought I would quite like to be on that photo shoot with, with those people. How do I get there? And so I set out to find out how to get there, and <laughs> I got there. 
And I spent a really enjoyable 20 years working in the fashion industry, sort of at the top of the industry as well, with like really, really big name designers, fashion photographers, um, art directors and stuff. And it was amazingly good fun because I managed, because I knew what I wanted to do so early I and, and was so driven to do it. I, I was working at Vogue magazine in London by the time I was 19 years old. How amazing. And yeah, and it was incredible. And so all the way through my 20s into my mid 30s, moved to New York when I was 26. It was just an endless party. And it was really, really good fun. I've 95% of my friends I met through the fashion industry. And you know, we are still close friends now. But I just happened to decide when our second child was born in 2010, to step back. Um, because it is a young person's industry. And I think I moved out of it at the right time. Um, it, it just seemed silly for me to be working in studios and traveling a lot when I had these two amazing small people at home that I wanted to spend more time with. And my wife had an amazingly good job. So we decided that I would be the one to stay at home and, and bring them up for a few years. And they were both very picky eaters, uh, something which I discovered in short order. And so a lot of my time after that was spent walking around grocery stores in downtown Manhattan looking for looking for something that would inspire them to get up to the table, something that would make them want to get up to the table. I know, you know, traditionally there is this incredible um, clash between parents and children about mealtimes because children realize very quickly that they have this superpower over their parents, which is the ability to say <laughs> no. And, and they often exercise that superpower around mealtimes. I wanted to completely avoid that. I wanted to not have a situation where they were saying no to me and I was losing my temper with them or I was trying to hide broccoli and trying to bribe them and, and all of that stuff. I wanted to, I wanted to make mealtimes fun. And a family friend suddenly out of the blue one day suggested, because she knew the struggle I was going through, she suggested this idea, which ultimately became food paint, which was really at its core was presenting food to children by color instead of flavor and making it something that, you know, making it more, giving them more responsibility and trusting them and allowing them the freedom to sort of make mealtimes their own, I suppose. Um, and so I went off and did the research and all the research, not very much research on the subject, but it all says exactly the same thing. If you do give your children more responsibility in the preparation of their food, they are far more likely to eat it because you, you've just taken the air out of the balloon. You've taken you know, their ability to say no to you. You've, you've just completely removed that because you're not yeah. saying get up to the table now and do this or get up to the table now and eat this stuff that you don't want to eat. You're just saying, come and yeah, I know you're sitting at the coffee table drawing with crayons. Why don't you come up to the table and, and do something similar here? And seeing children's response to the product from day one and, and every day since then has, has been what's driven me because I've seen firsthand how children respond to it. And it's very, very, you know, it's so um, exciting, encouraging, rewarding to see how children, you know, children understand it far quicker than their parents as well. That's the other really strange thing. You know, you explain what this product is to kids and they can't wait to get their hands on it. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a, it's been a trip. Amazing. And, 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 and last night I learned that you had a segment on the, how I built this part with Guy Ross, who I mentored for at the, how I built this event in San Francisco a while back. And it made me wonder 
when and why you decided to tell your entrepreneurial story so honestly, right? Like you, you, you're saying, you know, on, on, on the show, on the segment, you're saying that you made only 55K in revenue in 2019, that you're still, I believe, to this day, working out of your bedroom with no background in the food industry and sharing all those struggles along the way with everyone. Just two decades ago, no one would have done that, right? Because it would have been deemed bad for your brand. You know, you got to look bigger than you really are, right? Um, so consumers find confidence in the offering. But today, the transparency as a startup founder seems to work rather well. What What is your experience with with that? Um, I have to say, I, I've, I've struggled with it. And suddenly, I think situations arise where you're suddenly sitting in a small room being asked questions by somebody that you want to answer as honestly as possible. And, and, and you know, it's like, therapy isn't it we all at some level like to talk about ourselves and if somebody's asking you specific questions about a specific journey that you're on that you're trying to understand yourself it's easiest <laughs> to to be as honest as possible especially if the person you're talking to is somebody who has experience of of journeys like yours and and you feel that you've got something to learn from them as well um but yeah as you say it, it for a long time and even now sometimes you know you do feel obliged to present this facade of oh my god we're you know we're doing these amazing things and these amazing things and everything's going great guns covid happened that was a huge you know wake up call to everybody mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think there's any shame in admitting that covid has caused people to struggle let alone when it hits your family firsthand as it has done with ours um I think, yeah, and also, uh, and, and honestly, it's very un-English to do what you've just described and what I'm describing, to, 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 to sort of be out there front and centre and, and be... True, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, to wear your heart on your sleeve. But I, <laughs> I, think, I think that side of me has, has been born of me living in New York for so long. Um, I think yeah. Americans are far less shy about getting into an elevator and striking up a conversation with a stranger. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the subway here is, is full of chatter, whereas in London, it's completely silent. So I, I'm sort of, you know, I've, I've spent 25 years living here and, and talking, everybody talks. Um, and so I just think, yeah, and the other thing, because I'm doing this on my own, I get quite, you know, I don't get that many opportunities to talk about it or to think about it or to get all the stuff that's in my head out of my head and be able to look at it from, you know, from a slight remove and think, hmm, that, that stuff's going well, that stuff's not going so well. It's interesting hearing myself talk about those bits because they need to change in this way. So it's just, it's, I, I suppose, you know, at its, at its core, it's therapy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it it really it really is funny enough. I I released a book called Brent Brent Therapy, <laughs> so yeah. because it really is, and and you know I I'm I'm even more intrigued by by talking this way to your customers, right? So yeah. so now that you know social media with Instagram and having these channels where hey here is you in front of the camera just talking about what's going on, um yeah. and. And, and that is completely unheard of 20 years ago, that yeah. the founder of a company, even a startup, right, you know, would do that. And yeah. I, I think it's fascinating to see how people actually respond where they become your cheerleaders, they become your champions. They want to see you succeed suddenly rather than, oh, my God, they don't have their stuff together. Um, yeah. It's fascinating. And it's really beautiful. It actually gives you a little bit of hope in humanity. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, 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 I did, you know, I was approached on the street by that TikTok guy. And I did that TikTok, which to date has had nine and a half million views. And a huge number of people, a huge number of our Instagram followers found me through that. And so I felt obliged to sort of say thank you to them 
for finding us and following me. Um, and that's why I did that sort of little series of stuff. And then I stopped again because I didn't, I, I was like, this is, I, I feel slightly uncomfortable sort of forcing myself upon my 14,000 followers. But um, I think it's important to, to explain what's going on. And I think, you know, it is, I am the brand. I'm not my target audience. I'm not a millennial mom. Um, so, and I certainly can't <laughs> pretend to be. <laughs> Please don't. That that would but change no. everything. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> um, but but I can speak from the heart about what this brand is and what it means to children and and what it's you know what where it came from in in response to my children you know having a having a certain approach to meal times. So it was it was scary doing it, but but I'm glad I did it, and I will do more, of course. That's no that that's really. That's really good to hear um, because obviously it works. And so talking about what works and what doesn't work, for your for your first four or so years, you must have been basically, you know, tummo against the world, right? Like you, you had an idea that, that friends and friends of friends seem to like, which you never know what that means, right? Maybe they're just, mm. you know, nice. Um, <laughs> but the industry did not necessarily get behind it. Um, but you kept going, which in your case was the right thing to do. Yeah. When when does one know to listen and to just stop after three years of trying and just say, <laughs> look, I mean, everyone seems to say, I mean, yeah, the kids like it, but no one else gets it. So I can't ever sell this. So I'm just going to give up. Like, what, what kept you going? Um, oh, my God. I mean, things just happen for a reason. Um, I'm, I've, yeah, I've become more and more convinced of that as, as this journey has gone on. If the young buyer from Walmart hadn't appeared out of the crowd at Expo West on the very last day of the show and <laughs> had said, this is interesting. And suddenly that conversation resulted in us launching into Walmart six months later. If he hadn't walked out of the crowd, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. If um, the head of licensing at an extremely well-known kids television program hadn't been introduced to me through her husband, who I had been introduced to through a member of my family in London, if she hadn't been shown my product and said, this is amazing, we would love to do a licensed version of this product with you. And I said, I've never even considered licensing. That's an amazing idea. And I went to see her and it was as good as confirmed. And then she had to turn around a few weeks later and say, actually, we can't do it because another one of our licensed partners has objected to us doing this with you because oh, they obviously Jesus. felt they obviously felt threatened by it, which was devastating because I'd got so excited about this. Um, and I had to call my packaging designer in London who had been mocking up packaging designs for this amazing partnership and say, you've got the down tools, it's not happening. And she said, actually, that show isn't on television in England. What you should do, if you want a really global licensed partner, you should do Peppa Pig. And two weeks later, I was sitting at the New York Toy Fair talking to the Peppa Pig people. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, yeah, and <laughs> no, go ahead. Things, things happen for yeah. a reason yeah. when you need them to. It, I, I can't help but think that that's true increasingly more and more. Well, and and if you put yourself out there the way that you do, right? And if there's a goal and you're and and and, and you're you're saying I'm gonna go after this, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, it takes it's not it's not quite that easy. Like things are just gonna come at the right time. Um, well, yeah, I mean, on day one when this idea was put in front of me, I, I I remember this and always will vividly. About eighteen light bulbs went off over my head simultaneously, and they were things like. I think this is a unique idea. If it is, it could has the potential to be a really big idea. I definitely think it's something that children would appeal to, that it would, would mm -hmm. that, that children would understand. I also 
definitely think that it might take a little longer to have their parents understand what it is. But I'm going to do it. And I, I, I vividly remember that whole train of thought. And I also remember thinking what the colours would be and what the flavours would be. And all of that happened on day one in the space of about five minutes of being given the idea. So, and, yeah. and, and, and I really, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe um, that this is how it works. That when yeah. you have that, because you have so many ideas all the time, right? I mean, we all, every other day we have an idea of like, oh, why didn't anyone do that? Or wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Or there should be something that does this better, right? But yeah. then suddenly you have an idea and you're like, you can basically paint the whole thing in in, in, in front of your own eyes. Like, this is exactly how it should go. And this is how it's going to look. Yeah. And this is how it, and, it, and then the rest yeah. is kind of like, okay, well, let's just, let's now we just need to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even now, I mean, every every three or four weeks, I have what I think is an amazing idea, and I think, oh, I should do that, and then I think, no, stop. Right, you've got an amazing idea. Focus. Do yep. what you're doing. But food paint, when the idea for food paint was put in front of me, it was, it, it sort of was so, um, it created such a, a sort of, I'm trying to think of the right word. It was so obviously to me a big, brilliant idea that mm -hmm. I couldn't not do it. Yeah, it seems obvious, and that's the thing, right? And that's that's a really that that's a really wonderful beginning, right? Of like, wait yeah. a minute, why didn't anyone, right? But yeah. let's 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 talk about let's talk about the brand, which we are in one way, shape, form, or the other, anyways. Mm -hmm. But but on on the one hand, because you talked about how you met, you know, like like you know, like the Walmart person, then afterwards, you know, Peppa Pig and this and this, so. On the one hand, your brand is as simple as it gets, right? No, yep. she sells good for your kids' food paint, but then outside of your cute but equally cool logo <laughs> that is some sort of undefinable animal, which is really cool, there's there's uh, Peppa Pig, right? Which is the star of the packaging. And the more I looked into it, it seems like you have a rather complex set of offerings, actually, from your own SketchUp brand to licensing deals, partnerships. Uh, you've got the Crayola line. How does your... Uh, brand architecture, I suppose. Like, like, how does how are you ensuring you build the Noji brand in 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 midst of all of these collaborations? Like, how how do you keep keep that kind of like clean to the outside? Well, everything happened for a reason, uh, and I don't mean that in a sort of hippy dippy way. Basically, I had a conversation with, I had a phone call with three buyers from a national grocery chain. Um, in 2018 summer of 2018 so about a year after we got this stuff in into stores and they said we only have 18 inches of shelf space to devote to our section and we can't in good faith devote five inches of that to your product because it's new and it's unique and we worry that customers won't understand it and therefore won't buy enough of it for it to be earning its space on the shelf even though we understand what it is because you're on the phone talking to us about it and talking to telling us what it is we we just can't take that risk our hands are tied in that respect and i i completely understood that um and again then it goes back to day one when i when i remember thinking children will un children will love this stuff but i think their parents might under take a little longer to understand what it is so that's all that's always been going around in the back of my head how do we um explain this product and validate it both to kids and to their parents. And I happened to be on a phone call about in about the fall of 2020 because the Peppa Pig product had just come out. And I was on this phone call with a bunch of people who I didn't, I really didn't understand why I was on the phone call. It wasn't, <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. And there was never going to be 
um, nothing was ever going to come of it, you know, from a business perspective. But towards the end of the call, one of the guys on the phone said to me, he said, what you should do to validate this product is he, he said you should do multiple different licensed versions of the product because that way people will see these big brand names all simultaneously coming out with this product called food paint and in that you know that will validate it in their eyes and <laughs> i thought that was actually a really good idea it's brilliant uh, yeah i thought well you know if you're at your friend's house on tuesday and you see pepper pig food paint on their counter and then you're in walmart next thursday and you see crayola food paint you're going to start to think hold on a minute what's this stuff what is this food paint stuff um and so that was that was the approach i took but sketchup sketchup is is not your own brand sketchup and it, and it has to be because as much as the licensed partnerships um work with pepper and crayola and and also, we're going to do one with Very Hungry Caterpillar for vegetable flavored food paint, which which makes complete sense and looks amazing. I did always want to do Noshi own brand stuff. I mean, my daughter was nine when I started Noshi, and she came up to me very, very early on um, and sort of sidled up to me one afternoon after school, and she went, "What do you think about Noshables?" And I, said, <laughs> oh, I said, "I said what?" <laughs> That's she said, awesome. She said, "What do you think about nostrils?" And I said, "What's nostrils?" And she said, "I don't know. I just like it. It's a nice word." And I said, "Yeah, you're right. It is a nice word. It's a really <laughs> nice word." I, and I trademarked it immediately because I thought it was such a nice word. And then uh, two days later, she came up to me again and she said, "What about nostrils?" And I said, <laughs> "I said, I said, ah, I know what that is. That's popsicles." <laughs> And so I trademarked Noshicles as well. So these I've had these trademarks since 2015, I think, 2016. And I always wanted to do Noshables and Noshicles. And then one of my Walmart sales team um, earlier this year said, you've got to do ketchup, Tomo. You've got to do ketchup for kids because what food paint is ultimately is it's not niche, it's not novelty, it's just a condiment for kids that every child has the ability to hold and to use and have fun with and eat healthily. It's just an alternative to syrup. You know, it's not, it's, 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 it shouldn't be considered weird or a specialist food um, product. It is, it's, you know, my plan is for it to be as well known and as well loved as syrup because, but, but designed specifically for use by children. That's the hook. Um, and she said, you know, to that end, you need to launch ketchup because every child loves ketchup. And so I went to bed that night and I was lying in bed and I was thinking, ketchup, you know, I've got to do it. It's a bit scary. It's a bit daunting, but I probably do need to do it because it is a really good idea and it does make sense. And it gets us into another section of the grocery store. It gets us into condiments, not just into baking. And I suddenly just, I, I suddenly thought, sketchup. Which is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is brilliant, and I think look, it it is so amazing how in 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 and it seems to the outside so dangerous to build to build a product that that you want to be mainstream, owned by different brands, so that your own brand can finally kind of come out, right? Flourish. It, it's, I mean, it's completely the other way around. I've never heard that being done. I think it is. Well, maybe that means I'm completely insane and I've got it completely the wrong way around. Well, of course you are. Everyone on my show is. I am. Yeah, I hope true. I hope we all yeah. are in our own yeah. in our own unique uh, ways, right? But yeah. but no, I, I think I think it is it is a really brilliant advice that you received, and it's amazing that you had had the gut to actually follow that and say, mm. Hey, if I associate my little brand that no one knows and no one trusts, because what is this even, right? Um, with 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 
with brands that kids and their parents trust and love. Um, yeah. What a great, what a great way of doing. It. But but then uh, you basically created food paint, and that's somewhat your brand, right? I mean, you you know, it's it's Noshi, but it but it's food paint. And I, I saw in an Instagram reel, in a in a um, recent Instagram reel of yours, you mentioned don't buy food paint from Amazon because it's not sold by us. So. They say they say you know you're onto something once you get the copycat. <laughs> is, is that what happened? Are are, no, are people copying? Just, or? It, no, it's just third party sellers buying our product and and marking it up. Ridiculously. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, which is really annoying, but um, but it is what it is, and it happens all the time, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I I I I've been driven by instinct, and at the beginning that served me badly because because of my background in fashion and design and you know everything me approaching everything from a very sort of aesthetic um perspective you know i was convinced i was the world's best designer so i designed the packaging and i designed the the you know i, I picked the font and and it wasn't good it was it it was too it looked too much like a paint box it looked too much like a box of paint it looked and and people would find would see it on the shelf in stores and think that isn't food it's paint um but that was the packaging that I took to Expo West that day when when the guy mm. from Walmart came out of the crowd. And what happened there was that he he introduced me to one of his colleagues a couple of weeks later, and she scheduled a call with me, which lasted an hour. And about halfway through that call, I was sitting here thinking, I think she's saying that we're into Walmart. That doesn't happen. That that's not <laughs> normal. From what I've been told, you have to go down to Bentonville and 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 do this whole the dog and pony and, show, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, wow. That's amazing. We're going into Walmart. Hooray, whoopee. Um, and then towards the end of the call, she said, right, she said, um, the only thing I want you to do is change the packaging design. And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm so glad you said that because we're in the process of doing it and I can get you um, mock-ups by next week. And we did. And it was the right thing for her to say. And I'm so glad she did say it. And it was the start of a journey where I stepped back from thinking I was the world's best designer and 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 <laughs> and, and, and back into thinking... I know this is a very visual product and I'm just going to approach it from that angle. But now that I've been introduced to this amazing packaging designer in London, she is going to be the boss with regard to, you know, where, where this goes from that perspective. And packaging design is so much science and so little art, yeah. I have to say, right? Like, I mean, there's yeah. so there's so many rules and regulations and then also knowing when the time is to actually break them, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, it is yeah. really, it's, a, it's an art and a science. Um, yeah. Are you butting heads with those parents who say, don't play with your food? <laughs> um, I, again, you know, go back, going back to what you said earlier on about presenting what you think you should present, you know, presenting you know, this happy smiley, we're, we're, we're really successful. This has been the easiest journey in the world. There are no struggles. Um, at the beginning, of course, you know, everybody knows, everybody knows the saying, don't play with your food. And I was unduly concerned that that would be a problem, that that would be something that annoyed parents. And over the years, it, I've made peace with the fact that actually it is a selling point because it's not playing with your food if you end up eating it. That's my perspective. Playing with your food traditionally is pushing a piece of broccoli around your plate and not wanting to eat it. What we're asking kids to do is that's it's completely different to that. You know, we're asking them to interact with their food and then eat it. And, and making it actually nicer and better and and, and yeah, more, making more it more personal. attractive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, you know, every now and again, somebody says, you can't encourage people to play with their food. Um, I just smile at them and say, it's not playing with your food if you eat it. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that, and and I think the way that the way that you showcase that on Instagram is is also really great, right? That it, it actually shows it shows kids not necessarily like having fun and playing like crazy, but it's really more artistry. It's like you know, like they really feel like they are artists and they create their own you know little little piece, and I think I think it's wonderful. Yeah, because they they again, you know, you're you're giving them responsibility when you first give a kid a tube of food paint, they look at you in wonder and they as if to say what you want me to do this you're trusting me to do this mm -hmm. i'm allowed to do this and you're like yeah it is absolutely yeah and to that end because you as their parent have entrusted them with this task all they want to do is to complete that task to your satisfaction they're never gonna they're not gonna squirt this over their baby sister or squirt it over the kitchen ceiling you've told them that they can draw a smiley face on their pancake or create pixel art on their waffle so they're gonna sit down and draw a smiley face on their pancake or create pixel art on a waffle that's what they've been told <laughs> they can do and that's to them that's like winning the lottery yeah. like you're you want me to draw a picture on my food with this stuff which by the way tastes delicious as well oh my god i can't believe my luck which is extremely empowering right um yeah. for, for a child uh yep very very cool um Let's talk about the other the other side of your audience, the parents that actually buy the stuff, right? Yeah. You did you did a really cool thing. I mean, you did many cool things. That's why you're here <laughs> on the uh, show. But but uh, I I want you. to talk about one Instagram post in particular. Um, about a month ago, Crayola food paint sold out on Walmart.com. But to give people a chance to get their hands on it and for you to promote it a little bit, you decided to give a case of six of the products away, saying, yeah. hey, why don't you tag five friends uh, in the yeah. comments, right? And we select the winner. And, and, and that's cool. But out of the few hundred replies, let me read uh, one of them to everyone. Um, there, there was, there was uh, a user um, uh, that said, I don't have five friends. Uh, hope it's back in stock so I can buy it. Upon which Noshi for Kids, which is uh, your um, handle on Instagram, replied, you have a friend in me. <laughs> and, then, and then that person wrote back, yay, with, you know, like, like a heart emoji. Um, and then you wrote back, I mean, you, Noshi for Kids wrote back, uh, DM us your name and address, and then you had a little gift uh, symbol there. Did, did, you, did she win or did you send a little gift? I think this is so great. I sent her a case of food paint. See, and and that and that's and that is how you build community, right? It's like these yeah. tiny little hidden, you know, replies within one of those things. That's what makes a brand so 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 human. And let let's talk about community for a second here. Um, your 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 site is a bit dusty, right? It's like the the yeah. last blog entry, twenty twenty. We don't necessarily get to know all the products, et cetera, et cetera. But Am I right in assuming that the site is really not a major product driver and most of it actually happens in store, word of mouth, through social media, so through your community, the tribe that you're building basically, is that yeah. is that really the major force? Yeah, I think there's a few things about to happen that, that will sort of bring the website back front and center and the web store back front and center. And so that's stuff we're working on right now, actually. I'm sure, um, yeah. But yeah, it's it is it's tricky having um, a big box store partner like Walmart because you. I love working with Walmart. I know a lot of people might call me crazy for saying that, but from my heart, genuinely, the whole experience of working with Walmart has been a pleasure. Everybody who works there is very, very good at their job. And during the onboarding process, whenever I got stuck with something, one of the people I was already in communication with would pass me on to the person who could help me fix that thing. And so I've had an amazing experience working with Walmart, but but 
Walmart's a big deal, uh, you know, with emphasis on the word big. Mm. And you have to do a lot to, to keep the train on the tracks. Um, and for a company of my size, for, for a company of Noshi's size, that takes up a lot of time. And so what is about to happen over the next course of the next few months, um, which will be revealed over the course of the next few months, I can't talk about it right now. <laughs> it's going to, it's really going to change the way we operate. And um, so, so basically what you're saying is that I was talking to Tomo of the, the world famous uh, Noshi uh -huh. brand before <laughs> everyone knew about it. <laughs> uh, I, well, I would like to think that those are the words you're able to use. Wow. I don't know whether they'll be able to use those wow. words. But I, I knew the band before it was cool, before they were cool. <laughs> well, you know what? On, on again, back onto day one, when I, when I thought, okay, it's going to need, um, you know, to have to get parents to understand why they need to buy this, why, why their children love this stuff so much. I'm either going to need a marketing budget or some kind of national platform. And this has been entirely self-funded. I have a handful of family and friend investors, but beyond that, it's been entirely self-funded. I've never had a marketing budget. I'm never going to have a marketing budget as long as the company is set up the way it is. So in the absence of a marketing budget, the only option left open to me was to find some kind of national platform wherein I could put this product in front of the parents of America and say, this is what this stuff is. It exists. It's called food paint. This is how much kids love it. This is, this is, an example of children loving it and loving using it and this is how they use it and they don't need to be picasso to use it it's just something that puts a smile on their face at mealtimes i needed that platform and i was sitting in our sitting room about six months ago and i thought i've got an idea and <laughs> the end of this story hopefully will be revealed over the next course of the next few months i think i think some of us here might potentially put the dots together, but we're not going to do this here. But this is this is super exciting. Um, yeah, very very exciting. I always wanted to, you know, especially um, in light of what's happened to our family through COVID, my wife being sick, you know, and the and the way that that has affected the growth of the business. I always, you know, that that national platform I always envisaged being something like maybe being on Good Morning America. Um, you know, because I thought it was a, a really interesting human interest story and a story that needs to be told. You know, we don't actually hear many stories about how long COVID has affected individual families. True. And, ha and, and the fact that my wife was the breadwinner at our house and she hasn't been able to work for three years. And so not only am I having to support us financially, I'm also having to, to, to care for her while she's sick and I'm having to bring up our children. And so, yeah, so it is an interesting story. And yeah, so I set out about I set out to find a platform where I could tell that story, and I won't say anything else. No, you can't. But but that is that is absolutely amazing, and 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 I'm 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 sorry to hear about this. I have um, I have a client. She's in the exact same position where she is mm. the only you know breadwinner now because of of long COVID, and uh, mm. it's been it's been the same amount of years, right? Like two two yeah. and a half years. Um, and it is not talked enough about, uh, and, and no. I think the way that it, it, it affects, um, you know, like the, the, that microcosmos of a family and the, econo the econ economics of such, um, yeah. and with you being a startup founder, trying 
to get to that place where you actually generate the you know like that revenue that 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 yeah. unbelievable so yeah. kudos kudos to you and and i would say kudos to everyone in the family to 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 push through and i am so excited to see to see what's next i know you can't talk about it uh yeah. but we will all know know about it um you know when when the time when the time comes um yeah. just to wrap things up slowly i want to ask you if you would take the the the, the noshi brand um and i know the brand is complex <laughs> the way that it was was created but um and you would you would describe the brand in one word like like everything kind of comes together the entire brand comes together in one word what would that what would that word be fun <laughs> it's it's it's, yeah. it's that simple it's like I, I it needs to, it once i want it to put a smile on everybody's face when they look at it and to, to to i think i've succeeded because it's really interesting it was very interesting particularly being at the fancy food show in new york this past summer because that was where we launched sketchup and crayola uh food paint and it was so rewarding and so it put a smile on my face watching people walk down the aisle and sort of glancing at all the booths as they walked down the aisle and then almost without exception they would glance over at mine ready to be bored and to carry on walking and almost without exception they would all <laughs> look over do a double take smile broadly and come over and say what is this that it's is amazing so rewarding uh, and so in in the same way that pixar movies are written to appeal to children but also to their parents i wanted a product that appealed primarily to children but also put a smile on their parents faces as well like not only uh, this looks like fun something my kids would enjoy using but also this is just a really fun product and oh oh it's crayola that i grew up with 50 years ago or 40 years ago and you know pepper pig is 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 something that you know is is becoming ingrained in our culture and very hungry caterpillar is another one that parents grew up with i just wanted it to be fun and so i suppose if you want me to describe the brand in one word that's the word isn't it amazing how all of these dots connect <laughs> it's really it's uh, yeah it's 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 it, it's brilliant It's I don't know whether I'm pulling them together to make them connect, but you know, I, I don't think I'm doing too much coercing of them. I think for the most part, the journey has happened naturally, and every single thing that's happened better for good or for bad, I still firmly believe has happened at the right time. I think you know, situations where I thought something amazing was about to happen and then had the rug pulled out from under my feet, they were pretty devastating at the time but in retrospect i'm glad they didn't happen because something else happened instead and that was part of the journey i mean i was given an opportunity to appear on national television with this product seven years ago and i'm very very glad that that didn't happen because the product wasn't ready for its close-up mm -hmm, at mm -hmm, that point mm -hmm. whereas now i hope i'd like to think that it is so coming coming from your your background where you worked with um you, you know the, the biggest fashion brands you you worked at Vogue <laughs> which which is yeah. which is a very beloved brand and uh you know has a status like not not many others and now you're you're building your own brand while working with all of these other brands like Walmart and all these beloved you know like 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 children entertainment brands branding to you must be like you're always you're always kind of like a couple of degrees separated but 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 you're watching it all unfold and now now you're actually doing it yourself what does what does branding mean to you it's it's such a misunderstood word like people say it's the logo but you know you obviously like 
feel what a brand is in many different ways. And so I, I always ask my, um, my, my guests, what, what, do you, what does it mean to you, the word? Branding to me, uh, my mother is one of eight children. And we grew up, my sister and I and my mother and father lived in the English countryside, but my mother's seven siblings all lived in London and they all worked in advertising. And to me, <laughs> they all led this incredibly glamorous life. And it was a life that I was intrigued by. And during the school holidays, we would spend time in London. And at Christmas, we would spend time with the family. And it, it was, it was you couldn't help but just be immersed in the world of advertising yourself because it was all that they talked about. And because it's an interesting subject or was an interesting subject to me, even at the age of 10, to hear these stories about them going on shoots in the Caribbean and going to Tokyo to film a commercial <laughs> and, and reading industry magazines that, you know, that were lying around their houses as well. So there was that, that I was brought up on branding. And then I, I, I sort of, I've always wanted to do things a bit differently, which explains the thinking behind Noshi, I suppose. You know, I was given, you know, I could have, I could have easily walked into a job in advertising off the back of knowing, you know, being related to my family, but I chose not to. I chose to do something different. But what I chose to do differently was to work in fashion, which is an incredibly visual industry and revolves hugely around branding. So my family were, you know, were branding made flesh and my chosen career was really branding at its core and my wife happened to work in advertising uh, when i met her i didn't you know i didn't know she worked in advertising and i didn't start going out with her because she worked in advertising but she worked in advertising and i fell in love with her and so <laughs> i can't i couldn't avoid branding if i tried you know it's it's every pore in my human in my being is 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 branding you know, it, it's it's everywhere. It's always been everywhere around me, and I'm 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 grateful for that. I, I, it fascinates me. Do you have uh, so so that that is fascinating, and your and your and your family history just it just dawned on me. Um, <laughs> this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't put the two together. What 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 kind of brand advice could you give to to founders that are just starting out um kind of like as a takeaway from from your journey through, through throughout you know the brand that, that that you're building and that that you've been surrounded by and uh you know your upbringing and all of that like is there any any advice to founders as far as like how to deal with the branding aspect of their of their company um it depends hugely on what the product is i think but i i again i think my my philosophy in building a children's brand is to make people smile. I think if you can make people smile, they immediately feel like they're part of the family and uh, because they feel welcomed and they feel like you are someone they want to hang out with because you've made them laugh. And you know, so to that end, I think make people smile, get them on side, get them to be your friend, get them, you know, and, and how, what's the easiest way, the quickest way to make them your friend is to, is to make them feel comfortable, make them feel relaxed, make them smile, make them feel happy. Love that. And and for many, and like you said, it's very product specific, right? There might be other products where you might want to have them feel in awe or make them, but in the end, it's all about feeling, right? Like, like evoke, evoke positive, positive feelings in people um, and, uh, and make them feel at home. I absolutely love it. How, yeah. how can people follow either you personally or, or get to know uh, Noshi online? Where, where would you like uh, people to go? Because the big reveal is going to happen soon. So they, they got to make sure to follow you. Uh, just on Instagram is probably the best, which is Noshi for kids. 
Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Very you. good. Well, listen, Tomo, um, this was this was fantastic. I really enjoyed uh, every second of it. Thank you so much in between everything that's going on right now <laughs> it's like to, Thank to you. actually spend um almost a full hour with me here uh talking about talking about your brand and thank you for all the insights and and kind of like the the stories that people can relate to so really appreciate it thank you so so much for having me what an amazing storyteller tomo of noshi a brand that you might soon be able to say i knew that brand before they were big I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. And if so, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. And if you want to keep it advertising free, please support us with as little as $5 a month via patreon.com slash hitting the mark. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time, when we once again will be hitting the mark.